because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, welcome to another Baseball Ops podcast with Top Velocity. I'm your host, Brent Porcio, and we got special guest Cody Hall in here today. So I'm going to introduce uh, them to your career, Cody, for those who don't know who you are. Um, I still got you on the front of the website um, when you were still playing. Um, Cody came to Top Velocity towards the end of his career. He had played how many years of pro ball uh, when when you got here? How many years Shoot, in pro ball? I played five, five years. Okay, so five years in pro ball. You were a, like, a t- I think you were a top 20 prospect in the Giants organization. Yep. Um, you had a back injury your velo had gone down and you, they had released you when you came in to train with me and uh it was a process of rebuilding you which was really fun and exciting because you were such a great talent you were a 100 mile an hour guy but at the time you were probably barely a 90 guy yeah, 88 i think i came in here at like 87 89. right so we you know dr pat worked on your back we got your back fixed then you started to really learn the, the methods learn the approach and all of a sudden, it was like it felt like overnight. I mean, it was a couple of months, and you were back to upper nineties again. Yes. And then you got a, you went to Lancaster. You went into the um, that was the Atlantic League. You did so well that uh, the Giants brought, signed you back. Yep. And then the next year, you were with the Rays, and then you were retired at that point. Yep. Um, I, I'm curious, like to, I, I, maybe it puts you on the spot, but like, why did you retire? Ah, oh, man. Uh, more of some uh some some family things um i had had my son you know and he wasn't always able to come up and watch me play you know uh i was always gone i played with the with whatever organization i was playing with that year and then in the off season i would go to venezuela play in venezuela and uh you know it just came to a, a time where i i was just i was just ready to ready to well, I mean, you know you get the family yeah. get the family right and uh come home and i i got a job in the plant yeah, and you, I mean, you had a great career. I mean, most people would trade their left arm for your career. So you had a great career. You played college baseball at Southern University. Um, you you were drafted. Were you drafted? Yeah, drafted in nineteenth round. Nineteenth round. Two thousand. I mean, twenty eleven. How how long did it take you to get to AAA? Whoo, let's see. I got to AAA in two thousand fifteen, um, and that's actually the same year I got called up to the big leagues. So. Wow. It was, it was different for me. Um, I was a project when I was drafted. I was a guy that threw kind of hard. Um, got drafted as a project. Uh, they made some adjustments with me whenever I, uh, when I got there, instructs. And it was kind of a slower process with me. You had guys that skipped levels. Um, now, I put up the numbers every single year um, through the minor leagues. Always had a good ERA, strikeout to walk ratio. I was a closer, always did my job. Um, but it was a slower process. I was never one of those guys that got to skip a level. I would always go from low A, get called up to high A, then I would start the next year in high A, get called up to double A, then I'd start the next year in double A, where some guys, you know, even though when I went from low A to high A and still produced and was very dominant, you know, some guys would, they'd say, oh, he's gonna go to double A next year. You know, I always went back to that, 
wherever I left, and then I kept going from there. So it was a, I think it was more of a project on my side. I mean, I was a guy that didn't play high school baseball my junior and senior year, so um, no one really knew. I went to a, a small junior uh, community college in BRCC, yeah, um, and then ended up signing with um, Southern. But, you know, I got scouted by, I mean, we had probably 15 major league scouts a game whenever I'd pitch at BRCC. Uh, just wasn't my time yet. You know, I went to Southern, got drafted my junior year, decided to come back, was a starter. Started the first half of the season. My coach said, hey, look, you know, we need you in the back end of the bullpen. We got some guys that can't pitch out the bullpen that well. They're really good starters. I told him, look, you let me start for the half of the season. I'll go back to my job in the back side of the bullpen. Yeah, and you had some great seasons. I mean, even after coming here with us mm -hmm. uh, at Lancaster, I mean, you racked up like a ton of strikeouts, like couple of walks yeah. I mean most of them were intentional yeah and so, uh and you were just dominant I mean you would sit you know what was it 98 98 97 yeah. 98 sitting um you had a I had some bad split. luck I had some bad luck uh you know balls that got hit you kind of found holes and stuff like that but um yeah it was just one of those things where after I trained with you you know my average fastball was just way harder you know and and I was what 28, 30 at the time, where when I was 24, I should have been in that peak performance. You know, I look back, I know you and I have talked about, my dad had called you back when I was first got drafted about coming here and training, but you know, I was doing really well. Yeah, I didn't right. have no problems. Next thing you know, getting some soreness here and there. Um, ended up getting released, have a, a, a torn rotator cuff, got it fixed, came and trained with you, and we actually built it back stronger than I was when I first came out of college. Yeah, I mean, your your ability to throw hard was so impressive. And, you know, it didn't take long after you got hurt with us to really put it back together. I think you just learned really quick how much your lower half had basically declined from them not letting you probably lift. And, and then you lost the legs power and then you got too rotational. And then when you started building your lower half back and, and started basically separating and I mean, what because you did it so well, what? would you credit to your success when you came here to putting it back together so well? I mean, you picked it up within a couple of months. It was like a 10 mile an hour difference. And you were, you became like the perfect example of it. What would you credit to your ability to put it back together so well? Well, I, I mean, first off the way you explained it, I mean, uh, explaining it to me, I took in everything you said and I, and I worked my butt off. Like I said, y'all would go on lunch break and I would continue yeah. to just stay and work and work and work. Um, the other thing was when you when you started telling me these things, how to create separation, how to use my legs, um, how to get into my glute and not be quad dominant, I went and studied. I would go home at night after being here from 10 o'clock to about 6 o'clock at night. I'd go home and look at some of these high-velocity pictures, and I would see it. We just talked about it. I'd go and I'd see it. And uh, another thing that I think really helped me is after I learned your method, um, I would go teach kids in my area. And I really believe that in teaching those kids, it helped me understand it yeah. faster. And, and um, that, was a, that was a pretty pretty cool thing. But just, I mean, it took a lot of work. It, it wasn't something that just happened really, really quick. It, it took work. It took a lot of reps. And, um, and there was things I probably could have did better, but I, I had a short period of time. I was one of those guys that came to you broken and I was still trying to play, right? Yeah. So. It's one thing that if I could could have changed anything, it would have been come sooner, come yeah. sooner and learn this sooner. No matter how well you're doing, um, you know it, it's just the health benefits, 
you know, the career could have went a different way. Um, not saying that it went a bad way, but it could have been a longer career um, if I would have came sooner instead of coming broken. Yeah, I mean, you still, that last year, you went to big league camp with the Rays. You got to face, you know, some of the best hitters in the league. Um, and, and you know, they, I, I think that was a tough year for, for you because you were a one-inning guy for all those years, and then they wanted to make you a two, three-inning guy. Mm -hmm. And they started piling in innings on you, and it was just not – Unfortunately, it really, I think you felt like you were being forced into a different mold you had always built yourself to be, and I think it got really frustrating. Well, it was one of those things where um, in big league camp, like you said, I, I faced some good guys, and I remember when I signed with the Rays, my, my stepson at the time, he, uh, he said, man, you're going to have to face Aaron Judge. And I said, yeah, I might have to face him, you know, and then sure enough, we're playing the Yankees yeah. in spring training, Judge comes up to play, you know, and, and I strike him out. And I got missed, I got three or four missed calls from my stepson yeah. saying, you know, I call him back. He's all excited. And uh, that's dope. but uh, but it was it was uh, I was a one inning guy in spring training. I think I threw seven innings, had one walk, one run. It was a solo home run, ten strikeouts. Um, I did really well. Um, the coaches, we had really good conversations, you know, before I went down to AAA. And then um, we had a pitcher that had Tommy John surgery. He was coming back, and. Um, at the time, Tampa was running the new opener thing, where they put a reliever in first, and then they, and then they bring the starter in in the second or the third inning and let him run to the closer. Well, they they called me in and said, "Look, you know, so and so is not going to be ready for the start of the season. Have you ever thrown multiple innings before?" Well, being the competitive guy I am and how bad I want it, you know, I don't want to tell these guys, no. you know, no, I can't do that. You know, I can only go one or one inning, two max. You know. So, I, I, you know, I'm saying, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I get into the season. Uh, like I said, every time out, I think I went three innings. And, uh, and you know, I wore down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and, that's crazy. And it man. was just, it was, it was a different a role. Jump. Yeah. It was a different role. Um, I, was, I was always good at that, that back end of the bullpen role, yeah. you know, where I just come in and, and let it all out for one, maybe two innings. So, yeah, you know, people got to understand, you know, great career, but your your time and your timing is everything. You know, like you, I think you remember you were telling me, I mean, they called you up three times to the big leagues over your career? Twice. Twice to, to the big leagues. And you said both times you, well, I think one time you were sick or something. Like you, you said you never felt really, that you, that, you weren't feeling that great physically well, during those times. Well, the two you? times they called me up, um, uh, the first time I got called up, my velocity wasn't what it was, yeah. you know, and, and, and. I was always known for my velocity. I mean, yeah. that was a big thing. This guy could throw 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, um, velocity wasn't wasn't where it was. I wasn't having the best year in AAA. Yeah. We were in in the PCL where um, the ball flies a lot, right? And I think I had a three ERA, something like that, which wasn't bad. I was yeah, I was going multiple innings then, um, but the velocity wasn't there, and that was a frustrating thing for me. It was something I couldn't. I always just I don't know. I was a velocity junkie. You know, I loved having that good fastball, um, and and I did well when I got called up the first time. Uh, my ERA spiked whenever I came out of my last game with bases loaded, and the next guy comes in and gives a three yeah, up, right, three right. run bomb. You know, so right. but it was a great time. And then with Miami, uh, with Miami is actually when I, I, I hurt, yourself, hurt yeah. myself. So um, you know, nothing nothing against you. Got to be ready. I mean, that's but that's the, one the hardest thing. thing. Like people don't understand. Like this game is as much timing as it is like talent. Like the point is like you could be an exceptional talent, but Every time your 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 opportunity's coming, you know you're sick or you're not having a great career or, you're, or, or I'm not career you're not having a great year or you're you're struggling with something, you know it's never perfect. I, well, I, I talked with Ryan Shimp, 
he played three years. It's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing. It's yep. like every time he got his opportunity, something wasn't feeling yeah. right. You know, timing's so important. Well, we had a, when I was with, so after the Giants, I was traded to the Diamondbacks. And um, uh, my, my, my girlfriend at the time, she, uh, she was pregnant with, our, with my son, Cannon. And she, we had something happen. And while we were during spring training, and it was not very good for the child. We had to go to the hospital. Uh, I was sleeping on a hospital bed in a window, in a little window area um, for the whole spring training. I mean, it's a lot in your head. Doctors are telling you, hey, you don't know. We, this baby's only 28 weeks. Yeah. We don't know if we need to take it out now. we got to keep it monitored. you got a lot on your mind. The game of baseball is mental. Yeah. And when you got other things on your mind, it's especially life it's or death point. situation, it makes it hard, right? So I go into the season, and I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, and I, and I get taken off the 40-man. The well, three days later, Miami calls me. They're picking me up. Well, they're like, you're going to AAA. I'm like, that's in New Orleans. That's right down the road from my house. That works. I actually get home the day my baby was supposed to be born. So um, I get home, and uh, I actually tell my coach, hey, look, my, my son's going to be born tonight. Uh, I'm going to be late to the game, but I'll be here. I'm just not going to be here for the time for stretch. He's like, no, stay home. I was like, uh, I'm going to be back. So I run home, the baby's born, uh, we hang out, I say, look, I got to go play in this game real quick, I'll be back. I go back to the field, I get in so much trouble that I'm back at the field. Uh, the coach said, look, I'm going to let you throw one out, and then you're going to go take a shower, and you get back in your car, and you're going to go home. So I came in, I struck the first batter out, he pulls me out the game, I go shower, I go home. No. And he's like, stay home for three days, because wow. you get days when you, when you have a child. But uh, I told the coach, look, I live not, you know, not even an hour from here. So I'm going to get to go back home to my family every night. That didn't happen because I was called up, I think, three days later. To the no way. Thing. So uh, now I'm going to Miami. Well, well, once the, again, it's timing. Man. Well, the problem is yeah. I, we're on a road trip to Memphis. And I didn't bring any like collared shirts, no suits, no nothing. I thought we were going there for three days, coming back home. I didn't bring hardly anything. They tell me the first night there, hey, you're going to pitch. You're going to close this game out. If it's not a safe situation... You're going to throw the eighth in, and if it is, you'll throw the ninth or whatever. Comes to, the, comes to the end of the game. It's a safe situation. Phone rings. I'm stretching in the seventh inning. Phone rings in the eighth inning. It's not my name. So I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm walking back to the locker room after the game. I didn't get to pitch. I'm supposed to pitch. Manager calls me in the office. Um, sorry we didn't pitch you tonight, but we, we weren't allowed to. You're going to the big leagues. My first thought is not excitement. My first thought is I don't have a suit I don't have a collared <laughs> shirt. I don't have anything to wear on this plane. So I fly to Miami. I get my bag shipped to Miami. The first thing I do when I get there, I go to men's warehouse. <laughs> and no, buy me some suits no. uh, just so I can have them, you know. So, uh, yeah, you never know. You, you never know in the minor leagues. You never know. You like never I said, know, I was yeah. a guy that, that hit every step. Every step. No matter how dominant I was, I hit every step. You have some guys that get to high A now. They might have a four ERA. And they get in the phone call to go yeah, to the big right, leagues. Right. You know, you never know. You never I mean, know. you just got to be ready at all times. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, timing, luck, whatever you want to call it, it has a lot to do with with your opportunities uh, in this entire game. Um, so that's why you always got to be ready. I tell guys, you always got to be ready. Right here, you always got to be ready. Hundred um, percent. And the other thing you did really well is you. You know, I always say there's not many guys that leave top velocity and get better. A lot of guys leave top velocity and they got to come back. We got to plug them back in. We got to, you know, fix all their, their breakdown. We got to get them back in the routines. You were a guy when you would leave, you'd come back better. 
what would you credit that to? What, what did you do well when you left that allowed you to keep improving? So I, I brought me a little King of the Hill plate and I brought me some med balls with me. Um, on your, top of that, uh, your wedge and your, my wedge, my wobble chair. Um, yeah. it was, it was things that were very important to me. I had a vibration platform yeah, I brought. Right. I mean, I, I brought two suitcases full of just equipment right. that I used. Um, I knew that I needed to stay, continue to work on this. And, and, and to that, we, I train guys now and you've seen it a lot. You train them in the off season, they go into season and they, they kind of lose it a little bit. Well, I watched some of the guys I trained, my high school guys and, we train them, and at the beginning of the season, their velocity's up, they're throwing well. You know, as the season goes, you see it start creeping down. Well, you can relate that to them wearing out. No, they're not keeping, they're not, they're not staying on their med ball throws. You know, that was one thing I did. I brought this stuff with me, not just sit in my locker. I went out every day, well, not every day, three, every other day, and I would do my drills. Uh, I made sure that I got to the field early, did my wobble chair, my wedge, my mobility, then went out with the team and stretched. Anytime I picked up a baseball, I focused on my craft, on what I was trying to do. Um, I tell guys, your catch partner might hate you, but every time I threw, I made sure to sit in that hip, stay in my glutes, drive, get the front foot down, and, 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 and get the ball out. Well, guess what? It comes out kind of hot. And sometimes your catch partner's like, whoa, I'll just pick a, pick a catch partner and throw hard. That's what I did. So I just continued to work on what I, what I did. And the guys I train now, I tell them, like, we got to stay on this. Then they come back and say, Cody, look, we need a little bit of work. All right, I look, their velo's down a little bit. We go to the med ball throws, their med balls are down a little bit, right? So now we go in there, we get it back up. Look, you've got to stay on this. It don't just, you can't just do this once and then think it's just, it's, there's, if, there's no miracle pill you can take just yeah. to make this thing happen. It's, it's such a misconception. And obviously the guys like you, Eric Orzi is another one mm -hmm. that they, you know, Keegan Gillis is another one, guys that get better when they leave here, they're just doing a better job of taking what they've learned here with them. And, and that's one thing you, you need to know about Cody now is, you know, he loves the game and now he coaches the game and uh, he coaches it here in Louisiana where he's from, Ascension Parish, um, Gonzales. Gonzales, yeah. Prairieville, Santa Mall area. And in, he's become a huge name over there. I mean, they already knew who he was and his success he's had in, in his baseball career. And he's got a huge following over there in, in you know, bringing the top velocity methods with him uh, in that area. And, and that's why I'm excited to, um, to have these moments with him because he's still learning and he's still um, helping people just like we're helping guys here. And, and he has a, his own case studies. Like he's got a great group of young guys, a lot of high school guys yep. that are having a lot of success. So he's got his own case studies and, and what's working and what's not working. But for the rest of this podcast, let's, let's dive into what these guys uh, need to do better in their seasons because it just happens so much. You were just telling me one of your guys um, comes in, his med balls were like 45, 46, and now they're down to like 41. 42 and and you already saw that in his velocity his velocity's gone down and it just happens to be he comes back and he does his med balls and his med balls are down and i want to make the point that that's why i love the med balls because these when i say med ball throws these are low arm stress throws mm -hmm. so it's in season you are always battling arm stress right so if you can take a med ball and you can throw that and you're not putting a lot of stress in your arm it, at the same time too or what I'm saying, basically, the, the point is, is that that gives you an application to work on your problem. So it's an assessment tool first, meaning like you're, you, you know your velo is going down in the game. Unfortunately, you've obviously fallen off the program. Well, you pick up a med ball and you start throwing, you see the velos down in the med balls. Well, you got to understand that there, there could be a direct correlation there, meaning like 
yeah, to sit there and just keep throwing a baseball in season is not going to help you. But if you took the med ball and you start working back your routines and working on all the things you worked on with the med ball and your med balls go back to 45, 46, what do you think's happening to your velocity? And your velocity, so therefore your velocity's up and you did that without adding more stress to your arm. Like that's the biggest thing. A lot of guys come to me and, they, and they're struggling in season. I'm like, are you doing the med balls? <laughs> are you doing the med balls? Nope. It is probably the best way to help. If not, if, if even if you lose velo doing the med balls, which shouldn't happen, You'll know it because the med balls are going to tell you, and then maybe you're just not lifting. Maybe yep. you're, you've lost your mobility work, you know? So, yeah. I mean, elaborate on, on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, in season. Of course, be smart with it. You know, I mean, if you go out there and throw 90 pitches in, as a starter, don't go do med balls the next day. But there, there, there's times that we, we have to do this. As a reliever, I mean, this stuff does not, uh, does not affect you. Like you said, it's low stress. Uh, these guys can go out there and do it and, and have no problems. But working on the drive, there's only so much you can do when you've got a 20-pitch bullpen, right, and throw on a baseball. There's just so much you can do where you can go out and do these med ball drills and get a lot of work in, work on your drive. You can feel your lower half. You can feel your upper half counter-rotating and staying back. Um, and then if you've got a radar gun you can set up just to, just to know where your numbers are, um, it's a good thing to have. I mean, that's what, that's what we use at Top Velocity. I mean, when we run our guys in, um, some guys' med balls are harder than others, and they don't throw as hard as that guy. Those, those numbers don't always correlate to how hard you throw, but if your med ball is dropping, you're more you're likely, more likely your fastball is dropping. Yeah, right. and, and when I watch my guys that I train, I see them down, hey, we need to work. We need to go get some mm. work in. You know, Take one of these with you. Do the drills. They're, the guys, I got to give the guys that I, that I train a lot of credit. These guys, they've worked their butt off. We run it a little different because we run once a week. We don't have, uh, I don't have the opportunity right now to, to uh, run these guys five times a week like we should, but uh, that, that's coming very soon. Um, but I give them a lot of credit for the work they put in. Uh, shout out to my, all my, my seniors that have signed this year and are going on to, to play college ball, and now they're getting their education paid for, which is a very important thing in my eyes. Uh, Give them that opportunity to just go to the next level and keep growing. Um, as they grow, they're going to get better and better. Um, the one thing I could tell them is don't stop doing what works. And we've shown that what we're doing is working and we need to stay on it. Um, the weight room is very important. Mobility, extremely important. The med ball throws, extremely. It's not, you can't just pick and choose what you want to do. It's yeah. a process. You've got yeah. to follow the process because it works and it will help these kids. Because we both played and we played, you know, you played higher level than me, but I played professionally too. It, it just, you, you learn that it is the hardest time to keep your routines going. In season is very tough. Yes. So you're going to hear all the excuses. We're always on the road or, you know, I don't have a lot of time if you're in, still in school or... Um, because I'm on the road, I don't have the equipment, I don't have the weight room. We know these excuses because we both played at that level to where we had all those challenges. But <clears throat> we knew we had to do a better job in preparing and scheduling to keep our routines going. Yes. So what do you tell to these guys when they give you those excuses? I don't have, uh, I don't have the time, I don't have, we're on the road, or I don't have the equipment. What do you, what's the, what, what do you tell them? You can figure out ways. You know, you know the process, right? You know the process. Uh, as for equipment, a little two-pound medicine ball we use, 
doesn't doesn't yeah. take up much room, right? You want your bag. You see my my baseball bag. I play in a men's league right now, actually, with Brent. And uh, <laughs> my baseball bag is the heaviest thing ever because I have all my equipment in my baseball bag um, that I. And use. he's still sitting low, mid nineties. Well, ninety. I hit ninety three. He's going to ninety seven times. I'm trying to get back to five. So. Um, but um, no, I tell these guys uh, when I was playing. You know, sometimes I wasn't able to do some of the lifts. What did I do? I went and got a gym membership so I could go do my lifts that I needed to do that I knew worked for me. Um, so, and that was our Olympic style lifting. Um, but there's, there's no excuse. You can work on these. You can work on your drives. You don't even need nothing to work on your drives. Get a broomstick, hold it over your head and work well, you on your drives it, it and say never, counter rope. It never can be an excuse, right? Never. never it can, can never be, be an excuse. So you're never gonna go, okay, I get it. You're right, just don't do it. Like, it's never gonna be I'm never gonna say that. I will <laughs> never, ever say that Cause you know answer. that's your demise when yes. you say that. And I, and I get it. Schedules are crazy. But, I mean, even for a minor league schedule, I mean, that's a, that, especially low levels, 15-hour bus rides. On the road. First off, you're on in a 15-hour. In the middle hour, of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Then you got a traffic, <laughs> and your 15-hour turns into the, a 24-hour trip. And even in affiliated ball, like where you were, at a high level, tell them how bad these stadiums are. A lot of them don't even have weight rooms in them. No, or, they don't. Most of them, They yeah. don't. Yeah. No, you go, you wake up at the hotel, get on a bus or a van, and they take you to the weight room, you know, that's somewhere off. Somewhere off. But yeah, they, I mean, coming through the levels, I mean, you're going to play at bad places. And I mean, there, there's every excuse in the world, but that's like anything in life, right? I mean, there's, there's excuses for, for everything in life, right? That's why I love baseball. Man, baseball to me is the, the game of life. Mm -hmm. Like it just, I mean, especially, if, I mean, you're traveling, right? It's never Guys, easy. Sitting in a chair, sitting on a bus yeah. for five hours and you think you can get up and just go warm up. No, yeah. you need to take care of your body yeah. and then go warm up and, not only and then that, get ready. How, how bad is your nutrition too? And you can't have excuses <laughs> there, right? You know, these uh, guys are like, oh, well, they drop us off so, at, uh, it, it, you know, Carl's Jr. Well, run across the street to the grocery store. That's what I used to do. So actually, <laughs> we heard these excuses a lot and yeah. we gave them a lot to our nutritionists that we had, especially in the minor leagues and they talked to us and, and you know, we're like, well, we just stop at gas stations, you know, and she goes, well, they got beef jerky and that's a better choice than, than going and grab that candy bar or that bag <laughs> exactly. of candy, you know, and we're like, ah, you're right. Yeah. Well, the price of beef jerky is too much. We don't get paid enough. They make things called coolers. You can pack your yeah, lunch exactly. in a cooler and put it on the bus <laughs> with you. I mean, every Dude, excuse you give them, exactly. they come right back, but that's, that's just how it is. Excuses. I mean, it's just and it's just causing you a, and, to fail. But the point is, baseball is going to give you a long list of excuses. Yes. And yes, you got well. A lot of problems too is there's those th that small percentage of guys that are so physically talented, they don't have to have the greatest routines. They don't have to have the greatest nutrition, and they're always moving up. And the problem problem is that everybody wants to chase those guys, and those are the last guys you should chase. Yeah, you got to find the guys that don't have it. But they're there with the best routines, figuring out, they're creative, figuring out ways to not have excuses and to get the shit done. And those are the guys you got to follow. Yes. Because those are the ones that are actually, their actually routines in daily life is actually affecting how they play. It just wasn't given to them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many guys in the game of baseball from Little League then you get up to high school. Some teams have middle school teams, some schools. Then you get to high school. Then you go to college. Then you got the minor leagues. And then you got the big leagues where there's only like 1,200 players, something like that, right? So you take all these kids that have all been playing that want to reach this goal, 
you know, of twelve hundred players. To shove them up there, and you're yeah, and you're just trying, <laughs> trying to get them up there as off. quick. Um, so, but it goes back to like the 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 quicker you can get a routine, the better, man. Some of these some of these great players that I played with over my time, um, watching their routines, and they didn't go away from it. They stuck with it. Gardner's bullpens were just great to watch. How. He had a routine in his bullpen, inside, outside, up and away, up and in, do it with his cutter. You know, he had these routines. Watching Carl throw a, a nine in the shutout against us. He's the first person on the field the next day doing dry work, you know? I mean, these guys, they get to the field at a certain time. They get in with the trainer every single day. It's just this, this routine that they follow every time. And, and I, it, it started to help me out because I started developing a routine. Hey, I'm gonna get to the field at this time because we play it this time, because it changes. You know, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my wobble chip. Then I'm gonna go to my wedge. Then I have my vibration platform, then I have my certain drills that I did on my vibration platform. Then I did some bands. Then I did my mobility. Then it was time to go on the field. Do our warm up with the, with the team, with the pitchers, the POs as we call them. And uh, then we go into our throwing program. Um, you know, and then the days that I had to do med balls, I went out there before we went to stretch and I would do my med balls and then I would come in and go stretch with the team. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I, that I, I want to get across to kids is just, man, developing that routine and every it, time, right? right? Like, and that's really what top velocity is. At the end of the day, like what really makes us so good is that we've built out routines that get you to an elite level. Yes. And, and, and guys that come in here and better simulate into this system and take these routines with them because they're all programmed up for them. They take them off season, preseason, end season, and they apply the top velocity routine, routines, the top velocity methods, the top velocity mechanics. They get so much better because, like you said, that's what the guys at the top of the game have done so well to get there is they developed really, really good routines to allow their body to peak and be at its optimal self all the time, no matter if they're on the road every weekend, no matter if they're broke, like they, now, they make it I won't it lie work. though, when you're in the big league, it is a lot better. I mean, I went from eating peanut yeah, butter, exactly. I, went, I went from eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day to the first day in the big leagues, there was a spread of lobster and steak. And I'm like, man, this is where you want to be, you know, like. But what you had the to peanut do butter. to get there. I had to have this routine because I only had so much to work with, right? Yeah. Then you get there and you're on a plane with reclining seats and like, yeah. it's just, you know, but. Um, I'm blessed to be able to have played at the highest level, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't regret hanging it up early um, because I got a five-year-old son now, and I get to watch him play t-ball, and he's doing awesome right now, and I love watching it. So, but you know, now it's it's time that that I try to give back to these kids and mm -hmm. and take what I've learned from here at Top Velocity, and 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 not only that, what I've learned from you know the experiences that I've had on the road and playing and, and let these guys know, you know, what they're getting into and what, you know, what it takes to get there. I, I train a lot of guys. And like I said, a lot of my seniors that I trained that signed, I mean, these guys, they work their tail off and they would come help me with my younger groups. And now it's just time that it's time to bring this training method to Ascension Parish full, you know, full time and get these kids in a routine at a young age and get them working their way up. So, they're not just learning this stuff when they get to high school, you know? Give them the opportunity to build themselves up, their velocity, their, their, their command, their health. their health. Yes, especially because you go out there and watch these kids throw so many pitches and they're just all arming it. Well, no wonder we're having all these problems yeah. with arms because these, these kids are just out there just 
because they don't know any all, better. They, yeah, they just throw on a baseball. That's all they're doing. So given, given, having the spot to give these kids a place to come get everything they need in one stop, right? Mobility, mechanics, weightlifting, um, you know, even. nutrition, yeah. uh, pitch development. I mean, yeah. everything at this one-stop shop, you know. And, I mean, I, I think that would be the biggest thing, especially in my area. You have it out here. Um, baseball is a, 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 an awesome awesome sport out where I'm at. They they die for it out there. So it's like we want to make, you know, I want to I bring this full-time. I mean, a lot of the guys that I've trained, they, uh, they look forward to the next camp. I want it to be where they can look forward to having a place to come every single day and train, you know, and get better every single day in season when they're in the off season. Of course, we, we train different in those two times. When I say train different, the intensity of what we do, right? We, we do med balls a little bit more, um, um, and, and heavier, heavier lifted, but that brings up another thing, lifting in season, right? Uh, you know, we want those heavy, those, those heavy lifts for starting pitchers, even relief pitchers, those heavy lifts should come the day after you pitch, you know, yeah. get in there and, 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 and hit those heavy lifts, you know, so your, still your lower half, yeah, yeah. your, your we, lower half. And that's what we program in. And the reason we do that is because it helps produce more of those growth hormones that will recover everything. Cause like a lot of times after you throw all that wear and tear is maybe in your hip on your landing leg, uh, up in your, your lats, um, up in the back of your shoulder and your elbow and a lot of there's more of it in your smaller muscle groups and your body isn't as threatened so it's not really in this like survival mode to recover so when you go in there and you break all your legs down you make your core down then your body says all right now now we've got to we've got to make sure we start healing and then you start eating a lot of protein and then all of a sudden your body starts producing more growth hormone so it's it's just a great way after throwing to do those heavy lifts to stimulate more healing and growing and hypertrophy and like you said, then you have more time to cover. I mean, obviously, if you're a relief pitcher, you got to plan that out a little better. But if you're starting pitching now, you got more time to recover. And then your your late your lifts later in the week can be a little bit lighter, uh, and and start more focusing on your your explosive your, your skills and your explosive movements, yeah. right? But I know you got to get out of here. So I'm glad to have Cody on. I just I hope this really helps you better understand. With uh, obviously the, the the great things Cody did through his career, using these methods, um, also to how he really showed us how important it is to take these methods into season. We know how hard it is. So if any of y'all have any questions on that and you want to reach out to Cody, I don't even know if you have, yeah, you have um, on Top Velocity, you have the uh, Top Velocity Ascension. Mm-hmm. They can reach out to you that way. Yep. You, got, you got anything? Oh, you got Twitter? You want to give me your Twitter or no? I don't even know what the name yeah, of it right. is. Uh, reach out to it him out, on but, but on But on Instagram, I mean, on Instagram, you can reach out to me. Uh, I don't have a lot of stuff posted on there yet, but you can definitely reach out and I can reply back. If you and, I, and I'll keep getting them on the more mm-hmm. that uh, we can get them over here. But um, if also, too, if you want to train with them, he's going to be um, have his facility in, down here in Louisiana. You're welcome to go out there and train with Cody, train here, whatever y'all want to do. He brings a lot to the table. Uh, excited to have him on. And um, yeah, if, if you guys have any questions or you'd like to, uh, to, to suggest someone that should be on the show, let us know. Uh, post them down below and we'll see you on the next episode.